This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Peter Levitin. Peter is a change agent that strategizes with marketing clients to help them create and run unignorable marketing programs. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Well, <laughs> Uh, it's a long journey. I uh, Something I, I, I think is a, an interesting idea is we talk about our journeys and we're not very visual about that. So I thought I'd start out just by saying where I grew up. I grew up uh, in New York City on uh, mostly on Central Park West and 57th Street, those two spots in, in Manhattan, uh, half a block from Carnegie Hall, a half a block from Tiffany's. My high school was a half a block from Lincoln Center. I was three blocks from... Um, Museum of Modern Art. And that was my universe. Oh, and Central Park was two blocks away. So I say that because it's people talk about I did this and I did that. And I think the visual might help that really, uh, you know, being that lucky as a city kid, I think uh, really had a major effect on where I've been and where I'm going, because I'm thinking a lot about where I'm going right now. I can keep going. You tell me what you want. Yeah, sure. Kind of how you got started. Uh, if you pivoted into, you know, what you're currently doing now, some of the things you've experienced along the way. All right. Well, okay. I, I, I made a note here. I found uh, I'm using these the uh, inflection uh, point as a new concept, right? We things change. You're heading left and all of a sudden you head right. And I think the past year, has uh, gotten a lot of people thinking about inflection points and where are they today and where they're going. So I'll give you some quickies. I went to Boston University. I got thrown out because I never went to class. I was a really good, um, one of those people that doesn't live up to their educational potential. I woke up, I said, you know what? I'm an artist. I've been an artist for many years. I'm going to the San Francisco Art Institute. I did that, got a photography degree. So those are two changes. I opened a photography studio in San Francisco, worked for some major clients. I got lucky, but I didn't really like the work. I didn't like making art for other people. Returned to New York City, went into advertising for 16 years at New York's largest agency and then the uh, world's largest agency, Sachi and Sachi Advertising. Uh, You can imagine being in advertising in the 80s and into the 90s, the good old days, we like to call it. Um, I worked in New York, Minneapolis, and London. Then I woke up again and found, uh, discovered the internet when I came back from London and started two internet companies. One was putting news online. Uh, We were instrumental in really developing news channels online. And the second was BOTS, B-O-T-S. And we had 30 million people talking to our automated bots at one point across multiple networks. Microsoft bought that technology. Then I went to Oregon and bought an advertising agency. You know, each one of the, <laughs> you know, each one of these, if, if we were sitting around having a bottle of red wine, would, would probably take a bottle of red wine, but we're 
I'll do that in my head right now. I sold the agency, became a consultant, traveled around the world, reinvigorated my photography. I live in Mexico now, and I have been spending the past couple of months thinking about what is next. That's awesome. I think all of those things are on the creative side as well. So obviously photography, and you can apply that to visual in terms of marketing and then marketing principles and things of that nature. So, I mean, I, I think they connect real well. Um, what do you see kind of happening in the future? What are you kind of up to with everything going on uh, globally? Well, I, like everybody, um, am looking forward to a post pandemic world. You know, I know it's coming and when it's coming, you know, I'm, I'm not a predictor of that. But I think we've seen changes happen quickly. If you listen to some of the pundits, we know that uh, this world has accelerated change. There's more, much more internet based activity, digital activity, things like that. Younger people are recognizing that they don't have to live in the city or the town that they've lived in for a long time. That's changing. People are moving around the world. I think we'll see more uh, digital nomads than we have in the past. I, you know, the office, I frankly, I like offices. It's a good place to hang out. I even like human beings. I'm willing to admit that. So we're, <laughs> we're seeing these things change. My current dreams, I've started, to, I've started to reinvigorate my use of a special type of pornography, and that is travel porn, I call it, which is going on YouTube and, you know, searching on uh, Kiev, Ukraine and saying, I've never been there, man, that would be cool. So that's what's happening in my head, plus the idea of writing another book. I've written a couple, uh, and my working title is Next, because I, I want to help people figure out what's next for them. Yeah, and it's, I think it's important to, if you get to a point where you get a little stuck or anything like that, to kind of re, reinvigorate yourself. It's funny you said Kiev, Ukraine, because I'm from Ukraine originally. Um, and I think travel from that standpoint also really gets you clarity and appreciation and a lot of new ideas. So obviously with stuff going on, it's really hard with a, um, a U.S. passport to actually go to places, which was obviously the reversal before this. But I think every time I visit a new place around the world, I get something out of the culture and I can apply it to my life and even in terms of marketing principles as well. I think that uh, I think there are ways to travel, and I'm wondering if people are going to start to change that. You know, we we had a uh, I, I'm, there are words I think to describe it. Too much travel happening in 2019, right? You know, these certainly you'd look at an island in Thailand and it was mobbed, and if you thought about that island 15 years earlier, it wasn't mobbed. So. I'm hoping that, and I, without question, know there's going to be a rush. People are going to be rushing to go to the different places around the world. I'm hoping that somehow people change how they travel, maybe slow down a little bit, think, think harder, you know, and we'll just use Ukraine as an example. I've wanted to go there forever. Uh, sure, you can go to the big city, two or three big cities, but it would be very interesting to get out of the big city and away from the tourists. So that's the way I, I look at travel. Plus, travel is integral to my photography world. I've done some series where I photograph people against white backgrounds in the street. I'm, I have a portable studio and I get to meet people. And I th again, I want to say that I think in, for many travelers, they're not meeting the people. And I, I'm hoping that that changes because we're all been stuck inside and, you know, having to like people. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, in terms of kind of traveling myself, I try to not do, well, yeah, stop by like the touristy places, but really understand and learn from the culture. So like places like Iceland. So stay with people in different Airbnbs. It's it's funny because people, which I thought was ironic, leave their doors open still because on an island with, you know, 350,000 or so people, there's like one murder a year. So it's one of those things where like you got there, it was it was pleasant, the doors open, there's food on the table. And it just kind of while you're out in these places, like you said, Ukraine, you can go to the country, you can go to the Carpathian Mountains, which are awesome and different other places and really understand and have a conversation with people. And, you know, it, it, it's a lot different most of the time than, like you said, you know, in the capital of a country or a big city. Right. And obviously you can dig in in the capitals. It's, it's I, you know, there, there have been um, studies done looking at cities around the world and where pe- tourists congregate. And, uh, you know, they use data, maybe phone data to show where the people are. And there are these concentric circles. Everybody's masked, you know, by the Vatican. And then, they're, and then they move out and they move out. Uh, so, you know, my thinking, and that's almost a metaphor for life, is um, you're, you're in your little world and it's important to get outside of it. I mean, really just get out and change it up. And I've done that. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? I don't like this word, but I'm going to use it just to maybe uh, frame, use it for reference, boredom. I can get bored. I just sort of get tired of what I'm doing. And I found that over the years, curiosity and the fear of boredom have forced me to change. Um, I'm, I, I will admit at the moment, I'm getting a little bored. You know, <laughs> I think you know, many people around the world. Are, and, you know, side note, I think as, as an American who gets to live in Mexico and has, has made a good living over the years, I have the luxury of boredom. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to suggest that I was, I spent January in India and uh, obviously a fantastic country, incredibly rich. And a month in India is like barely scraping the surface. Uh, there are a lot of people in India that don't have the luxury of being bored. You know, I think it's, I think it's a 10% luxury. So anyway, I've lived that and I have this fear of, of boredom and I don't like the word cause I think we can, we can often control our own boredom. So I got to get away. Get it, I got to move out. Yeah, I agree. I, for me personally, it's kind of like I call it complacency and I say complacency is the death of innovation. So you, when you get into this like comfort pattern, you got to figure out what gets you more uncomfortable and gets you out of that and gets you thinking. Yeah. I, I, well, I know it drives my wife nuts. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, I get into that. Yes, dear. <laughs> go for it. You know, I'm already planning a trip throughout Asia, eating an eating trip through Asia, right? You know, that's somewhere I'll collect a couple of buddies and we'll do that. And, and that's one of those where my wife says, see you later, babe, go for it. Yeah. I mean, that that's the other, for me personally, like one of the best things about traveling, experiencing that culture through the cuisine. So it's awesome. What am I going to eat in the Ukraine? Um, what are you going to eat in, uh, in Ukraine? Depends uh, what your, well, pirohe is like pierogies, kind of like the same, like in, in Polish, uh, borscht, um, what else? Uh, stuffed cabbage, different kind of meats. Um, and then I can tap my uh, grandmother and get back to you as well. <laughs> All right, good. Okay. 
So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I I had one of those uh, mothers that always told me I was wonderful, right? Which I think uh, I try to do with my kids. (laughs) Um, A weakness, that is a fantastic question. I think a a weakness, and I'm going to go back to your word, is that I can, like everyone, get complacent. I think you you can get stuck uh, and start to get comfortable, even in a situation that is not necessarily uncomfortable. I'm I'm actually thinking uh, in not this year, maybe a couple of years down the road, canning my consultancy business, and it's 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 not that I'm complacent. It's just that I've been there, done it. So I I think if there's something that will trouble me, it's that sense of been there, done it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, over time, it may be that you're an expert in something and you're really good at it, but then it becomes one of those things where it's just like I mean, it doesn't necessarily get old, but there's other things out there that may interest you or you want to move on to. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an example. A few years ago, I was, I was living in Oregon and I was approached by a a couple of guys about investing in the marijuana industry. And I did that. And I'm in the process right now of selling out my, my uh, stake in the company simply because it's gone from like a lot of things, although every state's different. It went from, you know, this is crazy stuff to really, you know, just life and in Oregon and in Colorado. And uh, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm like, okay, again, been there, done it, right? Uh, it was very cool for me to tell people that I invested in this burgeoning industry. But uh, at this point, it just seems like, uh, you know, yeah, okay, fine. And uh, that may be a malaise for me, right? This, this, thing that I get tired of things. But if you can convert that energy into moving forward, I think you can be a winner. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Change. I I talk to a lot of companies, uh, mostly in the marketing world, about where they stand today. And uh, I tell them that if they, and and I've borrowed this statement from somebody else, a general Shinseki, who was a general for the U.S. Army. And he said, if you don't like change, you're going to like irrelevance even more. And that is one of my guiding principles. Um, If I don't change, I'm going to become irrelevant. And I'm not one of those people that can go play golf on the golf course. So I got to keep the ball moving down the field. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, applying it to companies, if you look at kind of the Fortune 500 list, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, that list was totally different. And it's the companies that refused to change, refused to innovate, that got overtaken uh, by their competitors and became irrelevant. Yeah, look at the, you know, Airbnb is now public. They made a lot of money. Uh, They did something a couple of years ago, which I thought was brilliant. Yes, I can go to a city and uh, rent, we'll call it rent an apartment maybe go to that city and stay with other people. But they they created something I thought was brilliant called Airbnb experiences. So if I go to, let's just keep it in Eastern Europe, if I go, if I go to uh, uh, Moscow, I can you know, sit in the apartment, I can walk around, or I can now find people that are going to take me out and we're going to uh, you know, uh, do some vodka tasting across uh, Moscow, which I think would be a cool thing to do. So again, it's back to something I said at the beginning, uh, travel's about experience. It's not that checklist. I saw this, I saw that, I did this, you know, now I can go home. 
get get off the beaten path and meet humans. I like humans. Yeah, and you're talking about experiences. So a lot of brick and mortar businesses or locations for companies completely closed because there's no experience in store. And things like uh, Toys R Us became irrelevant. They moved uh, e-commerce online in terms of toy sales. They could have been the dominant force within that industry if they created experiences unique to that store. So with travel or with obviously marketing and businesses in general, that experiences that experience is key for a, for a visitor or a buyer. Yeah, we saw that a couple of years ago, starting on Instagram, where stores realized that they needed an Instagrammable moment, and they created these. Uh, uh, photography opportunities for people to join in and then and then push it out on Instagram and it became a consumer-based promotion. So I, there, we will get back to retail. I mean, I, I'm just not that thrilled with sitting here and clicking on Amazon and having the guy knock on my door. You know, I want to actually go out and the smart retailers will do well. There might be fewer, but the smart ones will survive. Yeah, I agree. And I think like you just mentioned that user generated content, it, it does more of the work than actual like marketing campaigns that are produced in house because you see kind of like the lens of a buyer or a person interested in that brand. And it's more social proof and more kind of trustworthy in that sense as well. So you're not getting the word that this is awesome or what it is from the actual company. You're getting it from directly from a person that's experienced it. Yep. I And just, you know, Keep looking at TikTok because that's going to have a major effect on what we think and do. It's a little strange at the moment. It's crazy, you know. I get you get lost in the spiral of TikTok, but uh, it's that's another one, and I think that's it will supplant uh, Instagram as we move forward. Yeah, I agree. I got into TikTok uh, months ago. A lot of stuff I put on are either my podcast or my wife and I being foster parents in our personal lives. So different things that I'm experiencing through that. And the, the thing that makes TikTok so addicting, they don't have that play button. So you just keep scrolling and scrolling and it's auto playing. So they said one reason is becoming more addicting than let's say Instagram is Instagram. You're forced to kind of like opt in and click on it. With TikTok, you have your, uh, you know, for you thread and then your personal thread and you keep scrolling and scrolling. And sometimes, like you said, you just get lost into it. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out, I got, I've gone down some rabbit holes. I think early on I said I like politics. <laughs> I mean, I, whether you like Donald Trump or not, I do not want to spend my evenings looking at videos about Donald Trump or any president, frankly. So I, now I'm trying to figure out how you exit, how you exit your stream, right? Yeah, I think it's just looking at content that's totally different or what it interests you. I think with photography, there's a lot of photographers that are like becoming up and coming and and creating names for themselves uh, on TikTok. And actually, like you said, the street photography, I've seen a lot of videos where they go and then basically video that moment where they, you know, go up to a stranger and ask them if they can, you know, take a few photos of them and then them taking it and then the finished product, which is a cool kind of transition as well. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? I'm easy to find if you can spell. Uh, uh, everything, everything on every platform, I'm the same person. PeterLevitan.com. Peter, L-E-V-I-T-A-N. And, uh, you know, let's go for the personal branding. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. All right, man. Thank you. I'll, uh, I need your grandmother's address so I can go eat. Go eat.
<laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll ship her to uh, Mexico for a week or two to cook for. Very her. cool. All right, cool. Thanks. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.